welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Good morning and welcome to Soul Revival Church at Home, and happy Mother's Day. We are thankful that you would spend this special Sunday with us. And if your mom forced you to be here, (laughs) that's cool too. We will take it. But I want to offer a special shout out to my mom, Sandy. Hi, mom. Uh, To my mother-in-law, Lisa. Hey, mom. Uh, Grandparents, women that have influenced me and our family and our Soul Revival Church family, all the moms within our Soul Revival Church. And as Melissa so beautifully stated, that it's not just about being a biological mom, but having that mothering heart. But I also want to honor and thank God, for my wife, Melissa, the most incredible mom that I've had the pleasure and honor of seeing day in and day out in difficulty and uh, the best times. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Um, (laughs) Sorry about that random tangent right out of the gate. Some of you visiting are like, who is this dude? Uh, But my name is TJ. My wife, Melissa, and I are lead pastors here. And we are excited to be able to spend the morning with you. And we want you to know that here at Soul Revival Church, you don't have to believe to belong. All are welcome. You can come in your pajamas, in your sweats. And I'm just talking about right now when you're in your home. I'm talking about whenever because God's looking for our hearts. He's after us. He'll meet us exactly where we're at. And he wants to do the same for you as well. So this morning, we're hoping to have a little bit of fun, uh, praying that God would speak to us, speak through us, uh, have a special time to celebrate Mother's Day. Hopefully you're communicating in the comments section. Go ahead and say happy Mother's Day. Shout out your mom. Tag your mom in it. Uh, Tag women that have influenced you in your lives, spoken to your heart, go ahead and do that now. It'll be fun. I'm saying what's up to everybody right now verbally, uh, but you can do it virtually. But we are grateful to have you with us this morning. And we're going to be in God's word. God's word is Holy Spirit, God-inspired word that he spoke through people. And we're going to be in Matthew 28 to kick things off. And Matthew 28, I'll give you a moment to get there. You can actually pull out your Bible. It's great to have a physical Bible if you're at your home and you've got one. You can dust it off, do whatever you need to do, go ahead and find it. And it's a great opportunity to be able to actually turn some pages to keep distractions out. But you can also use the app or we'll throw it up on the screen for you too to be able to read it. But we just want you to know that the Holy Bible, God's Word, it's not a rule book to tell you what you got to do in order to be loved by God. It's actually a book about God and everything he's done to love you, to seek after you, to chase after you. Because we live in a broken world. We live in a world that um, sin entered into. And because of that, we were separated from God. But this is his story of how he's fought to get his children back. And that culminates with Jesus Christ coming to sacrifice his life for us, to die in our place so that we can have a direct relationship with God. This is that love story. And in Matthew 28, we're actually going to pick up in a place uh, right after Jesus had risen. So we're coming off the heels now of Easter, but it's something we can celebrate daily, that Jesus is risen, that he is seated on the throne. But in this moment, Matthew 28, we're going to be in verses 9 to 10 to start things off. It says this, Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Would you pray with me? 
God, I thank you so much that you are here, that you are present, that you are in our living room now. You are in the living rooms of so many people tuning in, in their cars, uh, offices, living rooms, bedrooms, wherever people might be right now, God, you know. You know what this message is for, who this is going to be speaking to. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak through me, that you help me get out of the way, that you would use me any way that you see fit to help people encounter your love, encounter your grace, encounter your truth. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if you didn't get a chance to, say what's up to some people. Say hi in the comment section. I love the opportunity to allow people to say hi to one another, and we can do it virtually as well. And maybe there's some people with you right now. Give them an elbow bump, high five, depending on how long you've been quarantined with them, whether or not you trust, have they been rubbing shoulders with the wrong people? <laughs> oh, they might be a risk. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. We try to find humor in any moment. We know that God has a sense of humor and that uh, he wants to give us joy despite whatever we might be facing because we know that these are challenging times in so many ways. But we are thankful that you're here with us. And if you're taking notes and some of you are just been waiting to put at the top of your page the title of this message, and it is Bye Felicia. That's right. You heard it. The title is Bye Felicia. <laughs> I was excited about that one, and I'm sure that we'll get an opportunity to unpack it a bit as well. But this morning is going to be fun as we dive into who Jesus says, because we want to honor and celebrate some women. So I spoke briefly about my wife, Melissa, and she's one of the most incredible women that I've had the honor of knowing. And being married to her gives me the chance to see this on the daily. The way that she loves and invests into our boys, the way that she takes time to parent and teach right now. Oh, man, she is a blessing. I'm telling you, that's that's all her on a daily basis. I don't have the patience for it, but she's been doing it so well. But it's her mothering heart for everyone, and not just our kids, but for any kid, for any person, any human being, the way that her heart breaks. I'll give you an example. When this quarantine first kicked off and schools were giving out their learning packets and meals, we went to go pick up the learning packets for our boys. And we saw a line of people waiting to grab the meals as soon as the time uh, started up. And from there, we see a group of four or five kids. Well, oldest one, maybe eight years old. And as they're walking away, here he is with his three younger brothers walking home. And her heart just broke because she put herself in that position to go, man, these kids right now are having to fend for themselves because they, they might have parents that have to work and have no other choice but to leave this eight-year-old in charge or whatever circumstances that has created that particular scenario. Maybe that kid just has to rise up and lead in that way. But her heart just broke. And to watch tears drip down her face, I just saw this compassion that embodied what it looks like to love like Jesus. To put your feet in the shoes of someone else, to be able to see where people are and, and have compassion. And the first thing she said is, how do we, how do we help? How do we get involved? And since then, have been trying to contribute, donating food, whatever we can as a church body uh, to organizations like the Bray Center to be able to do that or working with We Love Our City, um, the, the merchandise that we have and working with We Make T-shirts. Those are things that just hit her heart. Like, what are ways that we can find to give back to our community and our city because of the mothering heart that she has? So I'm thankful and grateful for it. I'm sure each and every one of you out there have someone in mind when you think of a mothering heart. Someone who's willing to meet you where you're at. Someone who loves you no matter what, that gives grace no matter what. That person that said, I need you to come to church today no matter what. And that's why you're here. 
And that's cool because it reminds me of the Bible in so many ways because there's some times when Jesus was doing some things or even us as followers of Jesus, we'll find ourselves in places that we didn't anticipate being in, but someone invited us or we followed someone into it or we just ended up there. And God's working and moving. He's doing some things that we may not understand in the moment, but he's got a plan and a purpose for it. And it reminded me of a time as I was praying over, how do we honor women? How do we celebrate women? And I think the best way to do that is to look at how Jesus celebrated women, how Jesus utilized women to further his gospel, empowered women to do things very special. And one time, one time when Jesus was in Judea and they were headed back to Galilee, him and his disciples, and the only way to get back in a straight line was going through Samaria. But Samaria was the enemy of the Jewish culture. So Jewish people would literally travel all the way around, go miles and miles, hundreds of miles out of the way just to avoid passing through Samaria. I don't know, some of you might be thinking about particular ways that you grew up, neighborhoods, spots that you didn't want to pass through. See, but Jesus, he was never afraid to pass through anywhere. And actually, he had a mission and a purpose for it. And on this particular journey, he had a meeting with a woman at a well. Now, as he brought his disciples to Samaria and he asked them to go into town to grab some food, he was waiting there for an appointment that a woman had no idea of. See, but but something stood out to me also as I was processing this over the last few days. Because Samaria, the enemy, the places you don't want to go, Jesus is saying, you know what, I'm not looking at race, color. I'm not looking at anything that divides people. I'm looking at ways to unify people. I'm looking at ways to pull people together because he's not judging anyone. And he wants to pull us into situations where we can do the same. Our nation was hit with some news this past week. That was heartbreaking. Something that happened a couple months ago and that Ahmad Aubrey. His life was fatally taken as he was out for a jog, going through a neighborhood and because of the color of his skin was attacked. And it breaks my heart, the thought that there are people, our brothers and sisters, we are all created equal. Jesus meets us right where we're at, that there are people that have had to face that type of fear, that type of preparation to know that I can't even just go for a jog in my neighborhood without the fear because of the color of my skin, of being harassed, being beaten, and ultimately his life was taken. And and the tragedy around that too is that there were not even an arrest. But I feel compelled to share that it is important for us to stand up for those that have been marginalized, taken advantage of. And I think about this moment right here where Jesus is hanging out in Samaria. He's hanging out with some people that the Jewish people detested. And he's trying to show his disciples who are Jewish that, no, that's not how we live life. We do not divide. Because Jesus, Jesus is about unifying. Divide the vision. That's having two visions, two different thought processes. And Jesus is saying, no, there is one thought process, and that is me. There is one love, and that is me. There is one God. And that is me. 
And he's drawing us into an opportunity to encounter unity, to love people, celebrate people because of their differences, not despite of them, because he has called us to that unity. And that day as he sat there by that well and this woman rolls up, he asked her for a drink of water. I love Jesus because he would just ask questions that he knew the answer to. But he was striking up a conversation. And to her, she's like, what? Talking to me? Like, not only was he a Jewish person talking to a Samaritan, but he was also a man talking to a woman because at that time, women were looked down upon. And as he asked her for that water and she looks at him, and questions why he's even communicating with her. He responds by saying, well, you know what? If really, if you knew who I was, you'd want, you'd be asking me for some water because the water that you're looking for right now will continue to keep you thirsty. But I have the water. I have the living water. I have the life that will continue to fulfill, that will give you joy. that will give you everything you need. And, and some of you, you're going to the wrong wells, to the wrong water. struggling to get through another day because you're not seeking out the right kind of living hope that you can have. But in that conversation, she looked so confused and didn't know what he was talking about. And Jesus responds by saying, well, go ahead and tell your husband and bring him back here. And she responds by saying, well, actually, I don't have a husband. He's like, you're right, but you've had five. And the guy you're with right now, he's not your husband. And she's like, what? How do you even know this about me? How could you possibly have this insight about who I am? And the incredible thing about who Jesus was is that when he challenges you, it doesn't condemn you, it compels you. It compels you to go closer to him. It compels you to learn more about him. It compels you to want to get to know Jesus. So she was compelled to ask him more questions. She was compelled to understand who he was. And in the conversation that pursued, she came to the realization that he was the Messiah. Because her response was that the Messiah that was spoken of was going to have these type of answers. And he looks at her and says, that's me. And then his disciples come back. They're looking at him like he's crazy. Like, why are you talking to this girl right now? How could you be talking to this Samaritan woman, especially one that might have a few issues? And Jesus, he he doesn't respond to it. They didn't verbally say they were thinking it, but Jesus, he knew what they were thinking. He just, he continued to, to look to the woman and talk to her. And in that moment, she felt so compelled that she ran back to her town and told everybody about Jesus. Told everybody about Jesus. And look at, this is what it says in John 4, 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. They were transformed. They accepted a relationship with Jesus. They believed in him being the Messiah because she shared her story. And there are some strong women out there. There are some women out there that have been through some things. 
feeling difficulty around it. The reason why the title of this message is by Felicia is that's the terminology used for a woman that you're trying to say like by Felicia is from a movie. Get out of here. Go away. You're not wanted. You're a nuisance. See, but God, God will use those. God will use those that society looks at and deems as a nuisance and says, no, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to do a special thing through you. And she went and preached the gospel and lives were transformed. And they came to get to know Jesus himself and were like, yep, this is the real deal. So no matter what you're facing, no matter what struggles you may have had, no matter what temptations you're in the midst of, I don't care what it is. And I'm not just talking to women right now. I'm talking to everybody. There's nothing that you've done in your past that Jesus wouldn't look at and say, that's all good. I might call it out. I might say, look, there's a better way to do it. He didn't even... He didn't even tell her, like, change your ways. Just the fact that he identified it. Sometimes the flaws in our life, if it's brought to light, the Bible says if, if you bring things to light, it can't live on. So he brought that junk, that garbage to light. He was like, don't even worry about it because I'm not. Because he comes with grace. He comes with love. And then lives are transformed. Because when Jesus convicts your heart, when the Holy Spirit See, now that Jesus has ascended into heaven and when we accept a relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit resides within us because we have direct access to God. So when the Holy Spirit convicts us of something, he is not condemning us. He is compelling us to draw closer to him because he wants to help us through it. He wants to give us that way out. Allow us to grow in relationship with him. But this is where things can get out of context at time within the Bible and what we want to speak with you on today. Because we've been in a series called Straight Out of Context when we've been looking at topics within the Bible, things that people uh, take and, and just think or believe in, but might be out of context, might not be read through properly to know who was the author of that time, who were they speaking to, what was the true meaning behind that. And I want to read with you guys today, 1 Timothy 2, 8 to 12. And I'm going to throw it up right there. Therefore... I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. I also want the women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. Now, these verses, these verses here have given people this mindset or this thought process that women shouldn't lead. And some of you right now are like, yeah, that's bull because you're being led by a woman right now. I grew up in a household with a single mom doing whatever she could to make ends meet. Tell me a woman can't lead. Someone will say, well, yeah, but that's just within the church. Like a woman can lead out and about, but not in a church setting. See, and here at Soul Revival Church, that's why you will hear me say, and Melissa say, and us as a church say, because this is who we are, that Melissa and I are lead pastors of Soul Revival Church. Because God has called us together to lead in this. And when we talk about straight out of context, it's these verses being taken out of context. See, Paul is writing this letter. The Apostle Paul. And he is writing to his mentee, Timothy, who's leading a church in Ephesus that he had planted. 
And Ephesus was a place where there were Jewish people who had come to faith in Jesus, but there was also a lot of Roman people that had come to faith in Jesus. And as part of that Roman citizenship and those being saved, there were a lot of women that had a lot of money. So right now he's speaking to a specific issue within that church at that given time. But people take it to look at it and go, nope, this is what it was across the board. This is how Paul felt. And that's why whenever you read something within the Bible, you should take the time to say, okay, let me read this whole book, but also let me read other excerpts by these particular writers or what did Jesus say about it? Because scripture always interprets scripture. The more that you read the Bible and submerge yourself within the Bible, you'll uncover the true meaning of a lot of things. Because right now, in this moment, what was taking place is Paul was given some guidance. He was given some guidance on a scenario that Timothy was facing right then and there. Because there were some women with wealth that were coming into church. They were just saved. They were just trying to figure out what it looked like to follow Jesus. But because of the wealth they had, there were false teachers that were speaking into their lives and trying to get that wealth from them. And they were more concerned about their appearance than what God was trying to do through their heart. So what Paul is speaking to here is like, look, it's not about what someone's wearing. So this is also saying, look, you don't have to dress a specific way. It's just going to a heart. It's a heart issue that Paul's speaking to and saying, look, it's not about the materialistic things. It's not about the things that they have or that they're wearing or acquiring. But actually, it is about their heart and their pursuit of a relationship with Jesus. See, in our culture today, we'll take, oh, tell them to learn in quiet as something to be frustrated over. But in those times, the Jewish culture was to say, man, we'd rather burn the book than let a woman read it, which is heartbreaking. And Paul's saying, no, women should be able to learn. Allow those people to learn more about who God is, who Jesus is, before they have that opportunity to speak. It's a momentary quietness in those parameters. And it's so important that we understand that. Because in 2 Timothy, you'll actually hear him highlight Priscilla and Aquila. A husband and wife leading a church, they helped him plant churches. And Priscilla is the woman's name, and you will never find a woman's name put first in old writings until you start to see it in the Bible. And it's because Jesus valued women. The gospel does not discriminate by race or gender. Jesus wants to use everybody to propel his gospel forward. But we take these things out of context and how we understand them to look. And, and we understand there's some people that might not agree with us. But you know what? Jesus tells us to love God and love people. And right here, we just talked about a story about a woman at a well who, despite her baggage and the past mistakes that she had, went and people were transformed. Their lives were changed because they believed in the Messiah and came into a relationship with Jesus. And this is not the only time that that happens. You will continue to see women empowered and spoken of. Paul, actually, if you continue on, even in uh, the, the chapter three to follow, starts talking about overseers and deacons and women are right in between there spoken of as well. Now, they wouldn't have been spoken of at all if they weren't included in those different scenarios. So it's so important that we understand everything as we read the Bible. And it's good to ask questions, to talk to people about it. Say, God, what are you speaking to me through this? Because I know you got something to say. See, as I go back to the verses that we opened up with today, man, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this. So if, if we go back to Jesus has risen, we're in Matthew 28. 
the verse before I, I kept out. So it says, so the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The first time the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, after he had died in his resurrection, the first time it was preached was from women. And I don't think that's by accident. It was Mary Magdalene and Mary of Bethany. Mary Magdalene was someone that spirits had been driven out of, but she had wealth and she helped bankroll Jesus' ministry. He had women with him everywhere and it speaks of it too, which is also unheard of. But when he was being crucified, she was also there. And Mary of Bethany... That's Lazarus and Martha's sister. That's the one who was able to be at Jesus' feet and broke open perfume worth a year's wages at his feet to worship and honor and praise him. And as they rolled up to the tomb to put frankincense and to put like the proper burial items on Jesus and saw that the tomb was empty, they were met by an angel and then met by Jesus. And I feel like God honors our obedience to continue forward and to be there because they were present at his crucifixion. They were the last, some of the last to see his last breath. So when he was revitalized, I'm not surprised that he would want to allow them to be the one to share that good news. See, God, God has strong, powerful women that he's empowered, strong, powerful men that he's empowered. But the importance is that we step into a relationship with Jesus. And he's not separating it by any of those things. He's just saying, do you love me or not? Because if you love me and you're pressing in toward me and into a relationship with me, I'm going to refine you a little bit. I might call out the bull in your life, but that's cool because I got plans greater than that. Let's humble ourselves. Let's not worry about the challenges that we're facing that make us feel less than or worthless because God's saying, no, I'm, I'm giving you worth. Your identity is in me. And as the Holy Spirit is within you and guiding your footsteps, Man or woman, I'm going to use you to change and impact lives. But as we discuss straight out of context, it's so imperative that we look at how God has utilized women to carry out his gospel. How does God want to use you to carry out his gospel? Regardless of your background, regardless of what you've been through. We all have challenges that we're facing. Man, my friend Nick, Nick Holub. He's faced some tough times. He lost his grandma recently, who was like a mom to him. And I just feel compelled to share this right now. It was not intentional. Um, but I'm sure right now he's reflecting on the love that that powerful woman had in his life because she pushed him toward Jesus. He shared with me that he wouldn't be where he is right now if it weren't for his, his grandma's love for Jesus and encouraging him in that. And this is a guy going through some difficulty right now, some pain right now. But in the midst of it, he's talking about the glory of God and how incredible Jesus is. And my heart breaks with him because we were never intended to experience loss. And for those of you today that have had loss and you're wondering why do I have to lose my mom or my aunt or that mentor, we'll never have the answers. But I promise you, Jesus' heart breaks with you because that same Mary I'm talking about who was there, who showed up, who could have been frustrated was the same one whose brother had died. And she questioned Jesus about it, but he cried with her. He cried with her. 
and Jesus will meet you and cry with you right where you're at. But you know what? When you use when you use your pain to promote who Jesus is, to say, you know what? Despite that, I'm going to have joy. Despite that, I know that I have a Savior who loves me. You'll find a peace that you couldn't fathom, but you also give that peace to other people. Because we're in a culture right now and uh, we're surrounded by fear. Things that make us feel scared. But Jesus told them in this moment, do not be afraid. He's telling us, do not be afraid. I got you and I'm with you. Will you fight fears with your faith? And you can have a faith in Jesus to know, how can I get to know you better? Because he wants to use you in miraculous ways. And today, if you've never made that decision to step into a relationship with Jesus, and you're like, you know what, right now I feel something in my heart, something swirling in my stomach. I've got those butterflies. That's cool. I remember the moment when I was right there. And it's because God's tapping on your shoulder. He's touching your heart. and He's letting you know, I want to have a relationship with you. And if you want to know how to do it, it's simple. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. Confessing that you believe that he died for your sin, that he raised from the dead and he's seated in heaven with the Father right now. And right now, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I'd love for you to just be like, I believe. Just say, I believe. You can type it in the comments if you're bold enough. You can tell a neighbor. You can text it to somebody. I believe. Because it, it makes it so much more real when we respond in that way. When we verbally express what Jesus has done in our hearts, solidifying it for us in this moment. So right now, if that's you, one, you will never be the same. Two, Jesus loves you. Three, if that's you, could you shoot your hand up and say, I believe. Then your heart say, I believe. Put it in the comments, say, I believe. Now we would love it if you would share that with somebody. Tell somebody that, it's close to you. Tell your mom. Tell your mom who invited you and said that you had to be here today. I tell you what, there would be no greater Mother's Day gift than that. But we would also love to come alongside you and support you in it. There's going to be a link in the comment section. So revival.church slash yes, if you want to type it in. But we'd love for you to share with us that you've made that decision so we can come alongside you, so we can celebrate with you. Because right now, all of heaven is rejoicing. And we would like to pray with you right now. God, we thank you. We thank you so much for your transformative power that you have met us here today through the beauty of technology. We thank you that you died for our sins, but that you rose again and that through you we can have a direct relationship with our Father in heaven. Lord, we pray that you would give us the courage and confidence to share this, to live out our faith with boldness, that we can go places we've never gone before because you want to use us to help people in a way that we could never imagine. Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you that you love us and that you will meet us right where we're at. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.